This is the Lucy Beatrix podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On my show, I talk about all kinds of stuff from my past life as a fashion model where I was on the cover of magazines to my path to getting sober where I currently have over 800 days dry as well as my unlikely descent into the world of competitive running where I run fast and far all around here in New York City. Before I get into today's episode about breaking 17 in the 5K, a quick message about my show's sponsor, Halo. The Lucy Beatrix Podcast is brought to you by Halo. Halo is a membership platform for groups and teams. Unlike other apps and social media, your group gets a dedicated space on Halo that helps you meet up in person. I have used the app with the club that I train with, Brooklyn Track Club, to connect with my teammates around upcoming races or even chat about topics like staying sober. I also use Halo as a coach for my athletes or the ones that I'm currently training. It's a place for me to communicate with everyone and plan for upcoming workouts and races. A few weeks ago when I posted about a race happening in Central Park, one of my athletes saw this and decided she wanted to jump in. She ended up running a huge PR and wouldn't have even known about the race if not for Halo. So if you lead a group and want to keep everyone connected and organized, Halo would be a great fit for you. Head over to link.halo.co slash Lucy, L-U-C-I-E, or the show notes to learn more. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Kicking off season two of the Lucy Beatrix podcast, Strong. This is the second episode of this new season. Last week, I talked about the underground unsanctioned racing scene here in New York City and what those things are like. But this week, I'm talking about a more time-specific running feat, which is breaking 17 minutes in the 5K. To some of you out there, this may just sound like running gibberish, or to people who don't know the difference between breaking 30 minutes or 15 minutes in the 5K. So in layman's terms, breaking 17 minutes in the 5K means you're going pretty darn fast, or just under a 5 30-minute mile pace. For me, or someone who doesn't come from an athletic background, this was kind of a big deal, and um, it's kind of cool to have my times now stack up with some of the more elite slash sub-elite people in New York City, or girls that I know that ran in college and did stuff like that, whereas me, I was just this fashion model for my teens throughout my 20s, never running, and you know, coming into the sport later in life and doing something big like Breaking 17 feels pretty cool. So I want to tell the story about what that was like and what it feels like on the inside out. Um, Yeah, I mean, I began to tap into my ability as a runner when I got sober, which was over 800 days ago. I started jumping on the track, doing these workouts, and some way, somehow dialed in my recovery, my nutrition, everything, all the things to get these running goals accomplished. And I mean, I'm still on the path to doing big things with my running, but I feel like checking off the breaking 17 minutes in the 5k milestone, if you will, is a really big deal. And I feel pretty proud about it. So a little bit more of a backstory. When I came into the running scene uh, or the running community, I took to the longer distance stuff at first. Endurance seemed to be my strength, and I worked really hard to train for my first marathon in the winter of 2019, where I ultimately broke three hours, or I ran a 255, averaging a 640 pace for those 26.2 miles. 
I was all about the long run. Like that was my thing. I loved running long. I loved running steady, holding on to that steady tempo pace for a long ways, like a marathon. That seemed to be what I was going to be good at or my like, that's what I could work towards as a runner and do some damage with or actually, you know, I felt like my my thing was going to be long distance. But as we know, uh, the pandemic happened and uh, no races were on the on the books. I didn't have another marathon to work towards after CIM in 2019 because suddenly the pandemic happened a few months later and there was all the races were taken off of the table. So um, with all of that downtime, no work or races to focus on, I used that time to just keep my base. I logged miles every day and Speed work was actually the furthest thing from my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm an endurance runner. I'm just going to like get that base, get that base. Every day, you know, around around the hottest time of the day, I would get out there, run for about 80 minutes, log the miles. It was kind of a way to pass the time as the pandemic progressed <laughs> for all of 2020. So I basically just used this pandemic year to build up the base and... I had no focus on speed. I was kind of just using the chance to connect with my running and my body and moving instead of having any pace goals at all. With no races to think about, I ran for fun, which is how I originally came to love this sport in the first place. And if I really think about it, I always had used running as like my me time before any kind of concept of being competitive as a runner ever came into play. So I kind of used the pandemic to go back to that, to just be like, okay, this is my me time. So how did I go from just fun running for a year during the pandemic to then shattering my 5K PR or running a 16.59 in the 5K earlier this spring? Great question. <laughs> so this is what happened. After that base of months and months and months of just like putting in the work, getting the time on feet, uh, last fall, the team that I trained with, Brooklyn Track Club, started to have practices come back. We had some meets come back and the pandemic restrictions had finally begun to lift. And I found myself back on the track training with others. I hopped into these speed workouts again with my teammates and it really took me out of my comfort zone. I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is what it means to go fast. You're, you're running in with all these other people and they're going faster and you're just keeping up. And it just kind of like you kind of like jump on this train and you're going a million miles an hour and that's the speed workouts with my team. So our workouts with the team were always something that I never really knew what it was going to be until we got there. I'd get to track Tuesday and then, you know, the coach would say, okay, do this. And I'd be like, okay, sure. Like, that's kind of how I've just rolled as a runner. I just kind of like, okay, what are we doing? All right, I'll just do what they're doing. These workouts assigned to us range from 400 meter repeats to 800s or kilometer reps. And, you know, for someone like me, who never was doing this stuff on my own, it was really helpful to have teammates to bounce off of and work from. Because when you're inside those reps, sandwiched between people who are just ahead of you or just on your tail, it's hard to give up or slow down. And you learn how to push past your limits and fight feelings of giving up when it gets hard. Because you see other people doing the thing and you just say, okay, well, they're doing it, so I can do it too. And it just forces you to take the thinking out of it and just go. So... Using these kinds of workouts over the course of the next few weeks, I managed to sharpen up my already super solid pandemic base. 
And a few months of these kinds of track workouts back from the pandemic, I entered my first 5K on the track late last fall. There, I ran 17.03, which was just four seconds away from breaking that elusive 17-minute mark. 17.03 is pretty good for just like jumping into a track 5K um, with someone like me who like, I mean, I literally can count on my hands how many races I've done, let alone how many track races. That was the first time I ever tested 5,000 meters or a 5K on the track. And so as excited as I was after that track race last November, as my first one back since the marathon the winter before, I knew that it was only a matter of time that I would want to take another stab at the 5K on the track the next chance I could get and try to just get those four seconds off there and get underneath 17 minutes. Sure enough, uh, this past April, there was another 5K on the same track that popped up. And I had continued to do those workouts I was doing with my team on Tuesday nights and enter that race that all I had to do was, uh, you know, get a little bit of time off of my 5K and I would be just under 17. But what does this all mean? Like, what does it mean? That's like, it goes back to, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I have this time goal and I really want to do it. But really, I just want to see what I'm capable of in the shorter stuff. Because for someone like me, I was saying in the beginning, as an endurance runner, the 5K is not something I would necessarily be that good at, but I've seen the value of doing the shorter speed stuff from the people I look up to. So Ryan Hall, for example, he's this amazing marathoner, done some big things. He coaches his wife, Sarah Hall, who's also an astounding athlete. And something he talks about where at the end of his career, because he's no longer competing the way he was in like the marathon stuff, Something he lost sight of as a marathoner was he lost sight of track work and he lost sight of doing really well in the 5K or the 10K and that sharp, short speed stuff, the anaerobic stuff that's like takes you from zero to 60 in little time. People like me who are more slow twitch and depend on that endurance, uh, it's easy for us to just get caught up in that and only do that when really keeping the short speed stuff in there helps with form. It helps with just your body being strong from the inside out. So I took what Ryan Hall said to heart about getting sharp on the track. And I thought, I want to do that too. I want to be fast in the 5k. So, um, yeah, the 5k on the track, I should add is 12 and a half laps, which is not that long. Um, it's, it's, you know, it seems, it seems long when you're in the moment and you realize you still have, you have to be on, out there for over 15 minutes going pretty hard. But, um, but 12 and a half laps in my mind is something that I could wrap my, my brain around and go, okay, it's only 12 and a half laps. So it's just tapping to this like really uncomfortable place for, for a short amount of time and uh, easier said than done. But when I went into this second 5K on the track, the one that I ultimately broke 17 in, I showed up that morning um, with on very little sleep. I was just like, ugh, this is just, let's just get this over with. I just want to check this box. And I knew that if I was going to try to shave those four seconds off my personal best, I was going to have to start the race just a little more aggressively in the beginning than I normally would have done. Basically put the gas on right from the start instead of ease into it, which is something that I normally try to do. I try not to go out too, too hot because I know how easy it is to blow up and have to drop out. It's all about finding and maintaining that comfortably hard pace. 
So we got to the starting line. I looked at my competitors and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be hard. But at the same time, I just try not to overthink it. Like I get a very uh, I tap into a very stoic mindset when I go into these races where I just try to think that, like, you know, the hardest part is standing there waiting for the gun to go off. That to me is the hardest part of the whole race. So you just wait and then you hear, all right, he's like, go. And then you're in it and you get to shake out all the nerves and stuff. And before you know it, you're like, you know, you're too you're too in the moment to feel nervous. You're just going. So it's truly about getting into the thick of it and just getting into the meat of the race. And I just wanted to have the darn thing start. It was kind of a drizzly morning. And um, yeah, I, I had a goal. I knew what I had to do. And uh, despite it being kind of rainy and having a terrible night's sleep and, you know, I side note, all this mental crap of my life. I I figured I just needed to focus on the task at hand and try to stick with a steady pace. And basically, I mean, the term that I use is like, suck it up, buttercup. Just suck it up. Suck it up. Get in it and just get the job done. So uh, the beauty of these shorter races is that you can kind of get away with holding on for dear life, as I call it. Fight Like you just kind of like, Tap into something and just go, okay, just hold on for dear life. And that's basically what my strategy was for this, which, you know, from a coach, this is not how I would coach my athletes to do it. I would rather see an athlete start a little conservatively and then just slowly chip away and have like really severe negative splits. Like, like, you know, in a dream world, I would have started at a 535 pace and then done like a 528 and then like a 515 or something like cool like that but no for this it was just truly just fight the clock and just hold on for your life just get under 17 minutes god damn it that's what I was telling myself so it was nothing like magical there was no um there was nothing super special about my pacing strategy it was literally just hold on and trying to be fast and um that's kind of what I did I looked around and I saw some of my teammates like Leanne Sherrick and um, some of these fast girls. And I was like, OK, just stick with them. Just just let them do the work. Assign assign all of the pain and misery to them and like listen to their breathing. And just like, I don't know, that's something I try to do. It's like a mental strategy to trick myself, uh, tricking myself into thinking they were doing the work and carrying me along through 12 and a half of those laps. So. Every time I would hear someone else get like heated up or hyperventilate, I would use that as a mental cue or vocal cue, I guess, to remind myself to relax and drop my shoulders and think of all the athletes that I coach and what I would tell them in that moment if they were watching me. So I always think about everybody that I coach on the track and like things that I see in them. And so I was just like telling myself that I was like, okay, relax, keep yourself chill, calm, chill you know just saying all that and I was like what can I relax right now how can I go a little harder but confidently and how can I how can I stay in it like things that I just constantly am saying to Heidi and Tara and Matt and all the people that I coach on the track if you are if you're ever out on the track and you see me coaching you see me doing this I'm like okay get the legs up and like I just like I'm in coaching others I teach myself so much and it was in that moment that I was conjuring all that up of like what would I say to myself right now before I knew it in the, the heat of this crazy freaking race where I wasn't even looking at my paces on my watch because I just knew it was going to mess me up and make me get in my head. I was literally just focusing on the competition. Um, before I knew it, I was on what we called the bell lap, which is that last lap in a track race where you're like going all out. And I was like, oh, my God. So, OK, just side note. 
the Red Hook track, we have it's it's kind of like this crazy track in the south part of Brooklyn. And there's the middle part is completely overgrown because of some industrial toxic waste site. No joke. So they can't have like a soccer field in the middle of a track the way a lot of the other tracks are where you can see across the whole track. So half of this track doesn't really have spectators. It's a little bit quieter um, because it's behind this overgrown bush situation. So I always used that like half of the 200 meters where nobody could really see me to like catch my breath and like kind of slow down a little bit. And then I would like speed up when people would see me again. So it's kind of like this funny um, pendulum swing of like you get cheers and then you're quiet and you get cheers and you're quiet. So anyway, (laughs) on the bell lap, we're like on the bell lap and there's like 200 meters there that I'm like just like gather your thoughts, collect yourself. And then when you start to turn the curve and everyone can see you again, you're going to go freaking balls to the wall hard. And I did. I went I went big. I went big for the end of there. And as soon as I crossed the finish, <laughs> stop my watch. I see the lights and it says that I ran 1659. And I was like, uh-oh. Because <laughs> I thought, what if the official results show like a second difference? Like there's a discrepancy between what my watch, like, you know, there's always a few seconds difference in official results sometimes. So I was like, I hope. I hope that I broke 17, but I didn't really know until later that afternoon. I wasn't even sure if I actually did. So it was kind of like, yeah, 1659. But then I was like, but I hope that's what this official time says, because what if the official time had said 17? I'd be so sad. But luckily, the official time later that day that was posted said I broke 17. It said 1659 exactly. So I was very, very happy. But I will say, and I think this is a very important message uh, to all of my listeners on the Lucy Beatrix podcast, is that time doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, okay, 17 minutes breaking it in the 5K. That's cool. But it didn't really, I don't know. I kind of thought it would feel different. I thought it would feel like really awesome. But those, those four seconds off my 5K PR, <sighs> there was this sort of melancholy feeling that, I, that swept over me. And I... I, I went back to my apartment in Brooklyn. It was kind of this rainy afternoon. And it, I was walking down the street to get a coffee that, later that afternoon. I was like, wait, no one's, no one cares. No one's looking at me differently because I broke 17 in the 5K. And even though this was an important goal to me personally, and it's a goal that I've seen other runners go after, and we think it's something cool to do, uh... I was reminded in the, the moment, the moments after I had done the thing, that these goals have to really come from within and you have to be proud of your accomplishments and not really care if anyone else sees that or understands it. Like, you know, say my mom, for example, she doesn't know the difference between the 30 minute 5K or a 15 minute 5K. And if I say to her, hey, I bro, I ran 1659 in the 5K, she's just like, oh, yeah, of course you did. You're fast. I don't know. Well, she doesn't know that she doesn't know or really care. But it's it's not really what defines us as runners. The time isn't that important. It's just cool to have these boxes that we check and move on to the next goal. But um. But yeah, I felt kind of a lull. And I will be honest in that I think as athletes, it's easy for us to feel these lulls because it's hard to have people who understand or relate to these goals and can share the excitement. I mean, that said, there are some runners, there's someone on my team, Luke, who actually, he was like, wow, Lucy, like that was really awesome. And that meant so much to me that someone could really recognize the significance of this elusive 17 minute mark and what it means. And it was like, okay, this person sees why this is so important to me. 
And um, but then again, there are just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who just don't really know or care. But I think that that's that's the message is that these goals have to come from within. You have to do it for yourself. And then when you do the thing, go, cool, what's next? And not have it be the end all be all as a runner, because, you know, someday it's not going to be about time at all for me. It's going to be about just running and just being able to run. I mean, when I'm 85 years old and I'm lacing up and I'm getting out there for a run, it's not going to be about how fast it is. It's going to be about just doing the thing that makes me feel good every day and center and connect. And so that's what I hope you are left with on this little tidbit about how I broke 17 minutes in the 5K. If you want, you could go watch the race day video from the event. I made a video that day, a vlog. It was kind of about the emotional roller coaster of this whole thing of just being kind of like, you know, uh, flat at the end of the whole like, whole experience. And so head over to the link in the show notes if you want to watch what it was like for me to break 17 minutes in the 5K and like what that day was like. I kind of come across like an emotional roller coaster <laughs> in that video, just fair warning. But yeah, that's my show for this week. Breaking 17, maybe not what you expected, but I'm just giving to you real what it's like being inside my head. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the show for episodes and putting them out every week and to check out Halo, the running app that I talked to you about in the beginning of the show. Let me know what you think. And until next time, just be fast. Just win. Just win.